it went from the three stooges to the four musketeers. Because he said, how many did we throw down in that fire? I said, well, King, we threw three. But he said, I see four of them, and they're walking around. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with the psalmist in the valley of the shadow of death. That's why he didn't fear any evil. Listen, he was with, he was with uh, uh, Paul when, when, when he was left for dead and got back up. He was, he was with Paul in the shipwreck. He said, I've heard from, oh, it makes a difference when you hear from God. He said, I've heard from the Lord, and, and, and the Lord has stood by me tonight. And he said, everything's going to be all right. When Stephen was in his darkest hour, the Lord, the Bible says, was standing by him. I'm glad God's with us. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, real quickly, turn to Ruth chapter 2. Uh, Ruth chapter 2. I want to I wanna share just a little bit. I, I'm probably going to preach one point, Brother Barnes. We're probably going to focus on point one. Uh, we may get a little further, but I don't, I don't see us getting a whole lot further past that, but we may. Uh, I, I, I want you to get something, and, and I don't want to give you so much you can't remember the first part that I give you. Uh, I tried my best to do a little poor effort at, at delivering this a couple weeks ago, uh, but I was in the dark, literally. Uh, it was the night the lights went out in Coleman. Say amen. Uh, we was on a Wednesday night and, 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 and had a little rough weather, and God was dealing with me about this message, and the devil said, well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to just shut the lights out. And God said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let him preach it again with more people there. Now, devil, what do you say about that? Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I believe we need, we need this message. Uh, God, in the last few weeks, he's been doing things around here that I'm really enjoying and I'm really liking. Uh, he's getting us adjusted to where we need to be in the leadership areas and uh, uh, doing things we need to be doing so God can take us where he wants us to go. And, and uh, God has been leading in my heart and my mind and giving me messages. Some of y'all remember a couple Sunday nights ago uh, preaching on John 15 where he said, I'm the vine and ye are the branch. And uh, if you abide in me, you shall bear much fruit. And, and a lot of times we as Christians, we get so busy trying to bear fruit. We get so busy trying to be a success. We get so busy uh, trying to do good on our job, trying to make a good living, trying to have the blessings of God in our life. And when we get so busy trying to bear fruit, we forget about bearing and abiding in Him. He said, if you'll abide in me, in other words, stay hooked up. We're the branch and He is the vine. Everything we need for what we are desiring in life is going to come out of that vine and we need to quit worrying about bearing fruit and worrying about abiding and that fruit is just going to start popping out. Preacher, what are you saying? All the effort and the frustration we put into life to try to make it and God's saying, just have a good hook up with me. You just hook up with me. You abide in me. You have a good relationship with me. And son, I'll make sure things happen for you. And then we talked about, we talked about the, uh, uh, the church that had left its first love. In Revelation chapter, number, uh, Revelation chapter number 2, the church of Ephesus, he said, uh, you're working hard. They're, they were busy. They were laboring. They were real busy. But he said, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And he said, you need to remember where thou art fallen, repent and do thy first works, or else I will come quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place. At, listen, unless thou repent. And we, we know and we study that that meant the power of God. That meant the presence of God. That meant the favor of God. I stopped at the store that I'd stop at every Sunday morning coming to church uh, 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 to get uh, 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 something, uh, 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 a little refreshment, amen, uh, in a green can about that big, amen. 
Uh, and I ain't talking about Melly Yellen either. Hallelujah. But anyhow, I stopped in there, and he said, man, isn't that something? I've never seen a church like yours, and, and, uh, 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 and here we go. It's growing, and God's favor's there, and God's blessing. I said, yeah, man, I don't have no explanation. All I know is I'm enjoying the fire out of it. Amen. And when other people that don't even go to your church know what's happening and know what's going, uh, you need to know, and I told him, I said, it's the presence of God in the house. Amen. I said, you walk in and you feel it. You leave and you know you've been in glory. You know you've been in the presence of God. Even if you're a backslidden hoodlum, you know you done been somewhere. And it's the presence of God. And, but, but they got to the place in that church that they were so busy for God, they forgot to be with God. It's amazing to me. I, I, had, I had marriage counseling uh, with, a, with a couple and a family uh, had, uh, over in South Carolina, and, and he was so busy. He was a workaholic. He, he was making money hand over fist, and in his mind, in his mind, I'm making a way. I'm providing a house. I'm providing a living. I'm providing a fine car. I'm providing nice clothes. I'm providing what they're wanting. And, and the whole time, he had no idea that she didn't want the stuff. She wanted him. And God is so, so after us. He wants a close relationship with us. You say, but God wants me to do this and this and this and this and this. Hey, God was here before you ever got on the scene. God was here before anything ever was. And everything that is here is because of Him. He don't need all that stuff. He wants you. Listen, I want to I share just a few verses and, and get as far as we can get. And then we're going to pray and and uh, my class is probably going to buy my lunch today. I don't know what they need to. Amen. Uh, Ruth chapter two, in verse one. If you'll stand to your feet, let me let me let me let me let me bring you to up to speed. Most of you are familiar with this chapter. Most of you are familiar with this book of the Bible. Uh, we know this is about a Jewish woman that went to a foreign country, Moab to be exact, and, uh, and, 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 and that was not what she was supposed to do. She backslid on God, her and her family, her and her husband, and her two sons. Well, she got there, and uh, her, her husband died. Her, her two sons ended up marrying Moabite women, which was not, not the thing that they needed to be done. That was against God's law. And Anyhow, those two sons died, and, 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 and it came to pass that the saying, sin will take you farther than you want to go, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll make you pay more than you want to pay. Amen. Well, here she is now with two daughters-in-law. Her life seems to be over, and one goes back to her own people. Uh, Orpha goes back to her own people, and Ruth said, no, I will not leave thee. I will not. I'm going to stay with you. My God's going to be, or your God's going to be my God. Your people's going to be my people, so on, so on, so on. They get back. Naomi's bitter against God. Uh, Naomi's bitter against God, but we see that Ruth goes out into the field. She, she asks Naomi, uh, she says, let me go out because in that day it was custom, it was custom that as you would reap a field, as the farmers would reap the field, they would always, they wouldn't come back and get the scraps. They wouldn't come back and get the leftovers. God told them, you need to leave that for the poor folk. Are y'all with me? You need to leave that for the beggars. You need to leave that for those that were less fortunate. You need to leave that for those that were in real bad times. And as you're reaping the field, you get the main parts, but those little bitty scraps, say that with me, those, you, you leave for those who are less fortunate. So Ruth says to Naomi, she says, let me at least, see, see there's no welfare, there's no uh, food stamps, there's no government assistance in this day. Uh, if you didn't have family, you were in bad shape. Are y'all with me? Uh, there was none of these things that were offered, so Ruth had to go out and find some, what I say? Find some 
scraps to survive on. Well, that's where we're at right here. She's gone out into a field. The Bible says, And, and Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me now go to the field, verse 2 of chapter 2, and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said, Go, my daughter. She went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hat was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz. We know Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. In this story, he is a type of Christ. He is a type of Christ. Ruth is the Gentile woman. She is the alien. That, oh, hallelujah. She is the one that was on the outside who's come. And now uh, we find the type of Christ, the type of the Messiah, the kinsman redeemer. You say, how is Jesus a kinsman redeemer? Because he came and became human and got kin to me so he could redeem me. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. He says, in this field, she came. And the Bible said in verse 5, Then said Boaz unto his servant, Boy, I wish I'd have ironed the back of this shirt because I'm getting hot and I want to take my jacket off. Amen. My wife's going to have to hurry up and get home. Amen. <laughs> then said Boaz unto his servant, That was set out. Sorry, Mom, I didn't mean to admit that. I know you raised me better than that. Amen. Whose damsel is this? He, uh, Boaz sees Ruth out in the field. And, and you ever heard of love at first sight? Yeah. He said, hmm, hmm. Who is this woman out in this field? The Bible says, uh, the, the reapers, the servants said, uh, uh, they, this is the Moabitess damsel that came with Naomi back from the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from morning until now gathering what? Are y'all with me so far? I'm going somewhere. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, who spoke to who first? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Boaz said to Ruth, hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence but abide here, fast by my man. Don't go nowhere else, stay right where you at. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? He said, I'll bust them in the mouth. They mess you. Just go ahead and do what you got to do. Amen. And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Uh, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me? Aren't you glad when Jesus took knowledge of you? You didn't know why, and you didn't know why he'd even think about you, but you were so glad of that. Seeing I'm a stranger, Boaz tells, I've heard what you've done for Naomi, and that impresses me. They go on to say, and Boaz said in verse 14, I'm trying to skip to get around so we can get this done. Verse 14, and Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither. And he's already asking for a date. Say amen. amen. At mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he... Boaz reached her parched corn, and she did eat and was sufficed and left. I know where I'm going today. Amen. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz, after she had left, Boaz, Boaz uh, commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not, and let fall. Hallelujah. I, I, I feel like preaching this morning. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her. Dear Lord, help us today. I need, I, I need a blessing. These folks do too. Lord, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Y'all pray for me. I, 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 I need the Lord's direction this morning. Uh, 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 say this with me. Jesus loves me.
This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. This I know. I want everybody in this auditorium this morning to realize and get in their head that Jesus loves you. I was teaching in Sunday school this morning, and I said a lot of people have the wrong idea and the wrong impression about church because of their background, maybe because of what they've seen on TV, maybe because of what they grew up in. There's a lot of churches. Let me say this. Let me step out on a limb. I, don't, I, I believe that's a big old limb I'm stepping on. I don't believe it's too shaky. I believe that, uh, listen, a majority of churches, I said a what? A a majority of churches need to shut the door, sell the property, give it to a good church that's doing something, and hook up with people where God is. Listen, there are so many places, so many churches all over the place, all over our city, all over our county. Uh, listen, that were started out of splits. They were started out of discord. They were started out of division. And if you start out of discord, if you start out of division, it ain't never going nowhere. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. It's never going nowhere. Why? Because God, he does not like discord. One of the things he hated is one that soweth discord among the brethren. And God's favor and hand is not going to be on that place. And if God's favor and hand is not going to be on it, it's not going to accomplish anything. It's not going to have power. It's not going to have peace. It's not going to have joy. It's not going to have liberty. Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And people from a little bitty age grow up in that kind of atmosphere, grow up into that kind of place where people can't even get along. Man, they argue over the pine. Listen, they argue over how the pie is cut at the fellowship. They argue over what color the carpet is. And in their mind, they think that is all that church is about. Church is about, and God is about somebody who's up in heaven that don't want them to have fun. God is somebody waiting for them to make a mistake so he can hit them with a lightning bolt. God is somebody that's up there that's just an old man. Well, I got news for you, honey. God is love. Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. I want you to know that Jesus loves you, and he desires a more intimate and close relationship with you. I want to take this story for a few minutes, just a few minutes, and I want to show you where God wants to take you. This story is so impressive to me. God always likes to take stories to prove a point. Y'all with me on that? He took Mephibosheth and proved how God would go to the cripple and get him to the castle. It's a great story of salvation, but Ruth is a better story than that. It's a story of not salvation. I believe it's a story of growing closer to God. Amen. Let's see this. Number one, if you're taking notes, you should write this down. And I know you didn't take it the other day because it's in the dark and you couldn't write. Amen. Number one. So how do I know God wants this with me? How do I know that God wants a closer relationship with me? Uh, 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 how, 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 do I, how do I know this? Number one, I want you to see this. Write this down. I want you to see the recognition of interest. The recogni we need to recognize the interest that, that Boaz took in Ruth before Ruth ever knew who Boaz was. If I get excited, just bear with me. This thing's been going over and over and over in my heart and my soul, and it's been bubbling up, so I can't help it, and you will after you get it too. Boaz took interest in Ruth before Ruth ever knew who Boaz was. Ruth was out in that field gleaning, the and she had done 
come under the, the shadow of the Almighty. She doesn't come under the wings of God and trust it in God. So I believe she is a type of a newly saved person. Are y'all with me? She's a type of a newly saved person. And, and, and we see her out there and she has somewhat, she has somewhat of a relationship with Boaz already because Boaz is a kinsman redeemer by marriage. And, and, and we see that she's out here and she's working. All she knows is she's got to survive. She's got to get these scraps because if she doesn't get these scraps, then she and Naomi will die of hunger. She's got to do this to survive. Say that with me. She's got to do this to There's so many Christians in the world today. There's so many Christians in this church today, in their Christian life. All they are doing is simply surviving. All they are doing, Brother Mickle, is, listen, I know that Jesus loved me, Jesus died for me, I asked him to save me and forgive me, and that's about as far as you have gone in your walk, that is as far as you have gone in your relationship with him, you are simply surviving. But Oh, there's more to it than that. And some of y'all need to wake up. I will speak louder if I have to. I got a lot of power back in that booth, and I can crank it up. Say amen. Y'all need to get with me. You get with me, and I'll be a whole lot quicker. All right. Now, the recognition of interest. Boaz went to Ruth. I want you to see, A, write this down. I want you to see the initiative that he showed. The initiative that he showed. I remember, I remember when I was in school, uh, I was in uh, probably third grade, maybe second, third, fourth grade. I don't remember which one it was. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, I brought, how many of y'all had progress reports when you was growing up? Anybody had progress reports? Lord, that's so many, why we got so many dumb people. Amen, help us now. What, how many of y'all had a progress report, uh, report card? Report card, ain't that? How many of y'all had on that progress or report card a place that had to do with your behavior? Okay, well, I didn't know if that was just in Christian school or what, but it had to do with behavior. Now, uh, I, I, I was, I was of the, I was in the, in, the, in the fellowship of parents that beat their children. That's who I had. I had, I had people that beat me, amen? Uh, one would do it, and the other would do it a while just to stay in practice and stay in tune. Are y'all with me? They're here today, and they'll say amen. They can't deny this. God will kill them right here in this place because they beat me, amen? If you come home with a bad grade, it was not good in the Carter household. Anybody with me on that? I mean, you had to, you had to really study it and get good grades. But if it ever happened if it ever took place if there was ever some kind of natural disaster that there was a check mark in the behavior column life was over as you knew it because there was no time out there was no restriction i've never been on restriction in my life i've never been in time out all the time out i've ever heard is when mom called time out and dad started whooping me say amen <laughs> i've never had none of that stuff but but uh one day i got my report card and I, I promise y'all this, I started, I started, uh, uh, I started the, the, the case of ulcers early in life. I was in grade school and I developed ulcers because I was always nervous. Boy, if I come home and I got a bad grade or if that, they, they, there was a check, there was a check in the uh, behavior column. I said, oh, God, help us, Jesus. I, it said initiative, shows initiative. Well, uh, for some reason, the way I worded that in my mind, I didn't read it right. And I thought it said, uh, shows inattentive. And what it was, I wasn't paying attention. I was goofing off. Well, uh, 
I, son, I made every excuse in the book. I tried to come up with everything before I got home. When I got home, I gave her that card. I said, I don't care what that card says, Mama. That's a lie. That's a lie. She don't like me. She ain't never liked me. I try my best to help that woman. She won't help me none at all. I don't care what she said. I've been paying attention. <laughs> she took that card and read it. It said, shows initiative. She said, you retard. It meant you do what you're supposed to do before you ask. Amen. <laughs> I said, that's a good woman. I love her. She's such a good judge of character, amen. It means you take the step first. Initiative. It means you go forward before the, ever, the other person decides to do anything. You said, what in God's name does I have to do in my relationship with Christ? Let me read you a verse. 1 John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us hallelujah Romans 5 6 says for when we were yet without strength in time listen in due time Christ took the initiative and died for the ungodly Romans 5 8 but God commended us listen his love toward us that while we were yet sinners while I was crooked, while I was undone, while I was without God or His Son, He took the initiative. He stepped up. He took the measure. He died on the cross so I could be saved. Before I came looking for Him, He came looking for me. Preacher, what are you saying? You need to understand something this morning. God loved you before you ever knew Him. God loved you before you was ever born. Before you ever became a sinner, God had already took the initiative and died for your sins this morning. Hallelujah, say amen. I see the initiative He showed. Not only that, don't you see this? We're talking about a closer relationship. We're talking about a closer relationship to God. We see B, we see an invitation He shared. We see an invitation he shared in verse number 9. He said, don't go nowhere else. He said, baby, you stay right where you're at. Don't you go to another field. Why? Because he desired for her to be close to him. And she, like most of us Christians, are dumb to the fact. She don't even realize what's happening. Ain't you? How many of y'all have ever... How many of y'all have ever, uh, come on ladies, y'all are smarter than, 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 than what most of us men are uh, by far, by a long ways. I'll admit to that. I will not deny that fact. How many of y'all ladies have been with, you, with, with your girlfriends and, 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 and maybe this old boy is just trying to flirt and be sweet and was trying to, trying, to, trying to hit on one of your friends and that friend was so dumb they couldn't see it, but all y'all could see it. How many of y'all are with me this morning? Say, he likes you. Oh, no, he don't. Oh, yeah, he likes you. Did you see? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he's doing? Oh, yeah, he like. Oh, yeah, he's into you, honey. I mean, you're in. Amen. You're, oh, no, he, I don't think he. Y'all lying. Y'all know he is. Amen. Doing those things. Taking those steps. Listen, wanting something more. Desiring a closer relationship. Wanting more than just to be a friend. He says, listen, you stay right here. Matter of fact, won't you just come on and eat dinner with us today? And the Bible said he gave unto her, and she sufficed. And then, 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 oh, I like this one. Hallelujah. Say amen. God, God, hallelujah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach it. Amen. This is good stuff right here. He said, he said when lunch was over, and, and let me say this. Let me say this. Do you see the progression do you see the progression? First, she's out there. She's out there getting the... And now, she has moved from scrap getter 
Now she's taken right out of his hands. And the, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. And she, what? What's the verse that you got that verse up there for me? And she sufficed. Say that with me. And she, in other words, she had what was sufficient. She had just The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. That means I'm going to have enough. There's some, oh, amen. I see, I know where I'm going and I can't wait to get there. I know the end of the game already and y'all still watching the first quarter. Hallelujah. She goes from getting a scratch to not real sure about life, not real sure about the future, not real sure about what everything was going on or how she was going to make it. And some of y'all are in here today in your Christian life that way. But then somebody scooches up to you and says, I sure would like to get to know you. I sure would like a closer relationship with you. And in subtle ways, and subtle forms, God tries to maneuver you into a place. Listen, whether it be a Sunday school class, whether it may be a certain ministry, maybe it might be hooking you up with a good friend that's godly and tries to lead you in the right way. And God is doing little subtle things here and there to let you know he's wanting a closer walk with you. And then you go into that place where you've got, there, there's, there's people, there's people that's just settling for scraps, Brother Meher. But then there's other folks. They're, 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 they've got to the place in their Christian They're close enough now to take it out of his hand, and they are being sufficed. They are, they're getting just enough. But then the Bible says, see, don't you see this? Don't you see this? I want you to see the instructions he supplied. You may, you may need to put your seatbelt on right here. When she turns and leaves to go back out to get more, he tells them boys, said, look here, boys. When y'all cutting that main stuff, you watch when she ain't looking, and you dump out a pile in front of her. Don't let her see you now. Just dump out handfuls of, what does that mean? That means he done it on purpose. Did she know? <laughs> let, me, let me help you with something. How many times did God showed up and paid the bill and you didn't even know? How many times did just God slip in and, and, and fix something or, or bless you with something? And, and we in our ignorance say, well, wasn't I lucky for that? And you have no idea that somewhere in the shadows Jesus was standing saying, dump out a little more over here. Dump out a little more over there. He was giving his handfuls of purpose. Why? Because he desires a closer relationship with you and God is flirting with you trying to get you closer to him. God shows up when the bills come due. God shows up when the doctor comes in the room. He says, how many times must I show you how much I love you? Woo, say amen. Listen here. There's a recognition of interest. Then skip number two. There's requirements for intimacy. There's requirements. God says, hey, when, when she gets back, now, now, I'm, I'm going to fast forward, all right? I'm going to fast forward because I want to get somewhere. When she, gives, when she gets back to Naomi, she has this, 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 this amount of, this amount of scraps with a little handfuls of purpose. 
And she said, where, where, where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd you get that? Well, some dude named Boaz. Who? <laughs> what? What was his name? Boaz. She said, whoo! That's my translation, but I bet that's what she done. She said, we're going to have help. She said, don't you never leave his field. You stay right there with him. She seen what was happening. Because, see, most older women can see when the, young, when the, when the other boys are flirting. Say amen. And I can too, boys. Y'all don't see me laughing. Jordan ain't here. I can say what I want to. I'll cut your hands off. Say amen. Y'all aware of that fact? Y'all understand that? All right. Amen. You got that, bro? Amen. She's like mine, too. I'll cut your hand on. Okay. All right. Say amen, ladies. These are my girls. Hallelujah. I want, I want good men for them. I want men that's going to love them and take care of them. I want men that's going to treat them like a queen. Hallelujah. That's what I want for them. Rich don't hurt a thing in the world neither. Amen. I'm just getting on that. But watch this. She gets back to Naomi, and Naomi says, this is what I want you to do. Harvest time's over. So here's what you do. You wash and anoint thyself. And then you go. See, who took the initiative? He took the first step. But Ruth had to take the second. What are you saying? Draw nigh to God. And he will. See, you say, well, I'm not going to take the first step. You didn't. You didn't. He took the first bunch of steps. He stepped into a manger in Bethlehem. He, oh, hallelujah. He stepped down the Via Della Rosa to Calvary. He stepped from the Mount of Olives' will right into heaven to pay your debt for me and you. But then, Bo, he stepped into your life and saved you. He stepped in your life and blessed you. He stepped in your life and gave you a good job and gave you a good family. He stepped and gave y'all stuff that you think you were just lucky and God was just dumping out them handfuls of purpose. Now it's up to you to take the second step. So what she do? She went to Boaz in the threshing floor and she presented herself. She came to him and uncovered his face. And I like this part. Everywhere in the book so far, she is Ruth the Moabitess. But when she came and uncovered his feet and, and, and laid at his feet, which was in that day, in that custom, a presentation of herself for a closer, more intimate relationship, she was not coming as a slave. She was coming and presenting herself for a, to be a spouse. And when he said, when he said, who's there? Because he woke up and kind of spooked him. She didn't say Ruth the Moabitess. She said, Ruth, thine handmaid. We need to go from, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, to I'm just a saint in the hands of God. And she presented herself. Y'all with me? Say that with me. She presented herself. She. 
that he's here sleeping on the floor and she uncovers his feet, which is that day, that was custom. That was like giving an engagement ring. Are y'all with me? I mean, this was just the way they, they did it. And she presented herself to be under his wing. He, she, she said, spread thy skirt over me. In other words, his cloak. In other words, she was coming under his wing. And boys, young men, when you, when you get married, that's what, them, that's what the one you marry is going to do. They're coming under your wing. Let me give you a little, let me give you a little nugget. Women, God took women from the rib of Adam. Y'all with me? He didn't take them from your feet, and he didn't take them from your head. A woman is not your head, and she is not your doormat. Most people want to take a Bible verse and run and say, Bless God, she need to do everything I tell her. Shut your mouth. The rib is in the side. Under the arm, closest to the heart. Yes. The Bible said you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Amen. We'll save that for a marriage enrichment conference. Amen. But she is saying, I want to come under your wing. I don't want to be a slave anymore. I don't want to be a, oh, hallelujah. I'm tired of scraps. <laughs> Y'all still ain't getting it. He said, you know, I've been thinking about that myself. I'll do. Now watch this verse. Watch this verse. I'm going to just have to shout on my own. Y'all ain't going to help me. Watch this verse. The Bible says in chapter 3, in verse number 9. Y'all hurry up and get there. I'm almost done. I'm running out of wind. And my, my class is hungry. Amen. And he said, who art thou? This is when she presented herself to him and, and answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. He said, blessed be uh, thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. See, see I, I, I don't, I don't want to get on another subject, but I, he, he is showing a blessing there because she could have had a rich young men too. But she chose this one because he was a kinsman redeemer. And she was not just thinking about herself. She was thinking about Naomi too. Because if she would have married anybody else, Naomi would have still been a widow with nothing and out in the cold. That's, mm. Watch what it says. Now, my daughter, fear not. Read it with me. I will do to thee all that thou how many of y'all need God to do some things for you? <laughs> I, mean, I ain't finished. I ain't finished. Watch what this says. Verse 14. You there? She laid his feet into the morning. And she arose up before one could know anything. And he said, who said? Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. But he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee. And hold it. And when he held it, he measured. When she came home with the scraps, it was about an ephah. It was less than half a bushel. Working all day long. It measured six measures of barley and... Working from daylight to dark. Just gathering the... 
all day long, working, effort made, labor, pain and stress, going into trying to make it happen. Apply that on your job. Apply that in your family. Apply that at school. Doing everything you can to you make it happen. But then she graduated up to getting it out of his hand. And now she's presenting herself for an intimate, close relationship. And when she did, he laid it on her. Six measures is over two bushels. What are you saying? All she did, are y'all with me? All she did was lay at his feet and present herself for a more intimate, close relationship with him. And he laid it on her. What are you saying? I'm saying this. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you shall bear much fruit. Some of you here Sunday morning about all you stand. And you know what you're getting? Oh, I, I, I have hurt some feelings. All you're settling for is. I don't like that. I'm going to get paid just the same. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't like you telling me that. You pay me to tell you that. I get paid to tell you the truth. And if all you're doing is settling, well, that's all I need, it's going to show in your life too. Because you're going to keep working and working and working, trying to make it happen. Your, your, your family life ain't going to be what it needs to be. Your workplace ain't going to be what it needs Sure, I, you've got a little thing. Sure, you've got some stuff. But think about what you could have if you was getting more than scraps. I'm preaching right now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what those other maid servants, the expression on their face, the morning she didn't show up in the field to gather, she came riding on a horse beside her husband. And she was no longer looking for scraps. Because it was all hers anyhow. Man, I'm preaching this morning. God has got so much available to you and you're selling for. I don't want to be a slave anymore. I want it on it all. And God will bless you. So many churches are for selling for scraps. When God wants to dump the whole load on you. Boaz, in the very beginning, wanted to make her his. He didn't want her selling for scraps. That's why he kept dumping out the handfuls of purple. How many of you lay out a... Well, some of you do. I can't. They tear me up. Them girls, they just... They got me wrapped tighter than a man. This is all you're getting right here. Their mama will say something, and, and y'all, this is our secret. Is this our secret? Their mama will say, this is all you're getting, and, 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 and she'll go, and I'll say, <laughs> you, 
you know you lay something out there, but then you, you really, they're yours, and you just want them to have a little more. That's why we got such spoiled generation now. We always want them to have a little. That's true, but I can't help it. I'm the same way. And I guess when I get grandbabies, I'll do the same thing to them. Because my parents, they always give my girls more than they ever gave me. All the time. Bless God. Still bitter about it, too. Amen. Listen, God loves you. He wants to bless you beyond your imagination. Now, church, everybody, and I'm through. I'm through. This is it right here. He's already taken his step. Now he's waiting on yours. Are you going to settle for scraps? Is this about all you got? Is this about all you can stand? Well, you know what's going to happen? Sooner or later, God's going to get you tired of scraps. And you're going to say, you know, Sunday morning or Sunday night ain't all that bad. But you're going to find out when you start taking it from his hand. Oh, I got to have more than that. Where are you at in your Christian life? Nobody has to put a gun to my head to get me back here tonight. You put, might have to put a gun to my head to keep me from being back tonight. Nobody has to beg me to come on Wednesday. I don't ever know what's going to happen. You know why? Because I want to move from scraps. I want to move from being sufficient, just enough, to I want to move where that psalmist said, my cup. Now, it's available. The blessings of God, God desires to lay it on you. Now, that's what I'm after. Dear Heavenly Father, Everybody ain't going to get this. Everybody ain't going to.